This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. We're proud to host an episode of 1972, a seven-part historical audio drama limited series detailing the powerful story of Shirley Chisholm and Angela Davis, two highly respected black women who dared to hold a mirror to the systemic racism and sexism within the United States. We do want to warn you that there is some police violence depiction in this episode, so please be warned ahead of time. 1972 portrays the often overlooked true story of two women refusing to be ignored and silenced by a society comfortable with the status quo. 1972 is written and created by Yanni Smith, the highly acclaimed creator and writer of Harlem Queen. Smith draws biographical accounts, actual tape recordings, and her inspired imagination to bring the world of 1972 to life in stark and immersive detail, plunging the listener into one of the most impactful and relevant years in American history. Both Alexander and myself are featured in small cast roles, but I can also tell you, after listening to the first episode of 1972, not only is this a great depiction of two important historical figures and a turbulent but important time period, it also serves as a frustrating reminder of how little has changed in terms of racial justice and sexism, and why we need voices like these two incredible women now more than ever. It's a riveting and inspiring series, and we can't recommend it enough. You can find and listen to 1972 anywhere you listen to your podcasts. The first two episodes are out now, and thanks to 1972 for their support. Now, enjoy their first episode. Congresswoman Chisholm, I'm a reporter from the Brooklyn College newspaper. Thank you for coming to speak to the student union today. Do you mind answering a few questions before you take the stage? I don't mind. That's why I'm here. So, when are you going to run for president? I am black and a woman. And most people in this country will not vote for a black woman for president. When are you going to break that way of thinking? Don't you think you should be in school, Jonathan? It's the best education for a black man in America. And I want to see my brother George every chance I can get, even if he is wearing shackles. His face lights up every time he sees you. That's up when he sees you too, Angela. But why don't you speak first? Uh, I'd, I'd rather you do the talking. How does this sound? Can you hear me? one of you people to speak up and speak out. Your voice, your vote is your power. And the power belongs to the people. And we want freedom for the Soledad brothers. We will march to the San Rafael courthouse to support our brothers who are fighting for justice in this unjust system. The prison system is a system of repression. It is clear that the government views black and brown people as the most dangerous elements in the society because we are ready to rebel. If this society's racism, anti-feminism, anti-humanism is not eradicated, there will be a very real, full-scale revolution in the streets. We are the revolutionaries. We must not lose our desire for freedom and our will to struggle for liberation. Nixon and Reagan could make any one of us an object to their policy of repression. They don't want us to speak out against the war, poverty, and racism. 
but we are the fighters. And I am a fighter. I'm a congresswoman, part of the establishment, but I am fighting from within the system. There are only two ways to create change for black people in this country, either politically or by open-armed revolution. As Malcolm said, the ballot or the bullet. For me, the choice was the ballot. I believe I was right. I hope America, which is so invested in the status quo, never proves me wrong. Malcolm said, you get freedom by letting your enemy know you'll do anything to get your freedom. You have to take it. We will take the keys that will open the gates to our freedom and liberation. Power to the people. Construction of the U.S. Capitol began on September 18, 1793. George Washington laid the first cornerstone to great pomp and circumstance. Construction of the Capitol Dome, under which we now stand, was begun in the 1850s. <clears throat> uh, we call to order this session of Congress on the 25th of July, 1970. Roll call has been completed and is in the record. First order of business, the chairman recognizes Congresswoman, uh, Congresswoman Chisholm. Mr. Chairman, I come from the 12th Congressional District of New York, Bedford-Stuyvesant Crown Heights, which some claim has the highest crime rate per capita of any area of comparable size anywhere in the world. I will address the real crime of America, which is the destruction of our youth. They must find ways, sometimes violent ways, to get what they need because this society gives them no other means and very little options to do otherwise. Hey Slick, you forgot to sign the book. Signed it downstairs. That was downstairs. All right, uh, Jonathan Jackson, what's in the bag? Can you hurry it up? I don't have all day. All right, Jackson. You're holding up the line anyways. Which courtroom? Courtroom one. I know the way. Mr. McGee, did you witness these assaults at San Quentin Prison? Yes, we did. Me and McLean signed the affidavit which accurately stated the series of assaults. What really went down? All right. It's time for me to take over. Oh, my God. He he has a gun. Don't do anything rash, young man. I'm very rational, Judge Haley. I'm doing this for all of us to live, not die, man. You, Bailiff, take those shackles off McGee and McLean. Do what he says, Bailiff. Heads up. Thanks, brother. Judge Haley, you come with us. And you three, the one in the yellow, the lady with the glasses in the back, and you in the jacket. Not the women, McClellan. The guards won't shoot at us if we have three unarmed white women in the front. Come on, hurry up. It'll be fine. Just do what he says, and it will all be fine. We're going to take the service elevator to the back exit. 
How far is the van from the exit, Jonathan? About 200 yards. All right, let's go. Where are you taking us? First, we need to get to the van. They could shoot us as soon as the door opens. That's why you're in the front, lady. There's the van in the middle of the parking lot. Jonathan, you'll drive. Yes, sir. God. They have a firing squad in there. Stay cool. What is the location? Over. Rooftop of the Marin County Courthouse, sir. Over. Ten hostages, including Judge Haley. Those who took the hostages are prisoners from Sam Quentin and fully armed. We are armed and ready, sir. Over. Amy. Thank God. We're all gonna put down our guns. Y'all will be released as soon as we get to where we're going. And where is that? Where we can live free. taken the liberty to instruct the Department of Justice in Sacramento to begin an immediate investigation. My condolences to the family of Judge Haley, who was an innocent victim of this vicious attack by four armed San Quentin inmates. This type of horrific attack just outside one of our courts of justice will not be tolerated, and the ones responsible will not go unpunished. As director of the Federal Bureau of Investigation, I issued a federal fugitive warrant for Angela Davis. She is wanted on kidnapping and murder charges growing out of the abduction and shooting in Marin County, California on August 7, 1970. She is considered armed and dangerous. It is evident that this was part of a wild plot to free the so-called Soledad Brothers, and the person who orchestrated this bloodbath was Davis, who purchased the guns for this attack and who is an avowed member of the Communist Party and the Black Panther terrorist group. The charges against Ms. Davis do not allege that she was at the scene of the kidnapping and murders. Ms. Davis was charged under a California law that makes an accomplice equally guilty for having purchased the guns used. My name is Fania Davis. I am Angela Davis's sister. Angela has prepared the following statement. My heartfelt condolences go to the Jackson family who lost their son at the hands of a racist and terrorizing police force. Jonathan was a dear and close friend and comrade in the struggle. I am considered a threat to this country merely for stating the ways that this society oppresses terrorizes and destroys the black community. Governor Reagan has attempted time and again to silence me, but I will not be silenced. I am a fugitive because I dare to run to escape a lynching and have no recourse but to go into hiding. 
I will return to the state of California once the hostile climate against me has rescinded and when I am certain that I will receive a fair trial with a jury of my peers that will prove my innocence. I'm sorry about what happened back in Chicago, Angela. You don't have to keep apologizing, David. I thought he could be trusted. You're risking everything to help me. We can't expect other people to be willing to do the same. The four. Angela Davis, the former college philosophy instructor and black communist revolutionary who is the FBI's most wanted fugitive, was last seen yesterday at 5.30 p.m. in Birmingham, Alabama. Neighbors and family confirmed that Ms. Davis visited her parents yesterday evening in Birmingham for a half hour. They think Fania is me. None of my neighbors or family would ever speak to the press. I have to go back. What about my family? They can take care of themselves. Right now, no one really knows where you are. Cuba is a short flight from Miami. I can't do it. I can't stand the thought of never seeing my family again. I don't want to be locked up in jail, but at least in jail, I will still be amongst the people and the movement. I have to get another car and some more bread, so we might as well keep heading to Miami. When are they going to give up? Hoover has the entire country hunting me down. People are saying they saw me in Vegas, Philadelphia, Detroit. At each sighting, they don't just send one or two agents, but dozens of agents. And we continue to be two steps ahead of them. After we get some money, we'll head up to New York. We'll blend in up there. Cool? Yeah. All right. There's a war going on. They have better things to do with their time and money. I am the war. And they have all the time and money they need. Construction of the U.S. Capitol began on September 18, 1793. George Washington made the... Shirley, can I speak to you for a moment? I worked very hard for the title Congresswoman Chisholm. Congresswoman Chisholm. I understand you voting against the budget for the troops, but why did you vote against the trip to Asia for the Education and Labor Committee? The cost of that little pleasure jaunt could be better spent on providing a decent breakfast program for the children in my community for a year. You and I both know that that money will not go towards feeding poor inner-city kids breakfast. Listen, Cheryl, Congresswoman Chisholm, you are committing political suicide. Every day I'm here in D.C., someone tells me I'm committing political suicide. I should be dead dozens of times over by now, but I'm still here, alive and well. I am trying to help you. Am I supposed to disregard the needs and voices of the people who put me here? In my mind, that doesn't conjure up the notion of political suicide at all. But why stick your neck out for Angela Davis? That young woman is being hunted down for being a black woman communist. That is a fact. Everything you do in this town is about power. And there is no power in stating the facts. It is who you vote with, for and against, that gives you the power to help your people. It is a fine line to walk, but something we must do, especially us. That may be the way they do things, but not me. Truth and honesty are unequivocal. 
I'm not about the jive, Congressman. Jive? Yes, jive. In layman's terms, it is called a bullshit. Yes, yes, I know what jive is. I'm really trying to pull your coat. We've decided that the way to make change is by working within the system, right? This is what working within the system looks like. Look at all these men, white men, having side conversations. Policy is made during these side conversations. I believe it's time the system is shaken up a bit. Don't you? Thank you for your time. But you go ahead and do your thing, and I will continue to do mine. You're going to need favors, and you won't have anyone on your side. Thank you for the warning. That's not a warning. That's a fact. The vote went as expected today. Yes, Mr. President, it did. We can show that we made the effort. Yes, sir, we can. We replaced the last producer. Yes, sir. This one's much more efficient. Damn lights. This place is like a sauna. We'll have the girl put some powder on it. Now is not the time to pull out of Vietnam. These armed black militant commies running around this country, it's obvious that communism is spreading. Once Hoover wipes out that whole Angela Davis crowd, that will be one less thing to have to worry about. Indeed. Thank you, dear. You're welcome, Mr. President. Goddamn traitors. Decent, hard-working Americans don't feel safe anymore. We're ready for you, Mr. President. Uh, please be careful of the cables on the floor. Stand by, please. And five, four, three, two... Good evening, my fellow Americans. Tonight, I would like to talk to you about a major new initiative for peace. Turn up the radio a little, Conrad. Sanctuaries in Cambodia last April. I also directed that an intensive effort be launched to develop new approaches. Why was there vote to increase spending for the troops if he intends to start pulling out of Vietnam? He has no intention to develop new approaches for peace. We are so close to ending this mess. They say women are the weaker sex, but men are the cowards. The more he lies, the louder we have to get. Yeah, you can get pretty loud. (laughs) Not loud enough. Dear, you don't have to drive all the way up here to pick me up every week. I know you're tired, too. Well, this is the only time I get to my wife, so you're all mine. Well, I'm glad my husband wants to hear what I have to say. You know that congressman I've been telling you about? He calls himself pulling my coat. He's been in Congress for a few years. He has a good record. Might be worth listening to. I don't want to be like him or any of them. Being black is a problem, but not as much of a problem as being a woman. Soon as I talk, their ears just close up. For so-called leaders, they have no qualms about following each other. Bunch of chickens with all their heads cut off. (laughs) All except you, which is why you're there. I got better things to do with my time than be a mother hen. You know, I've, I've been thinking more and more about what that student said to me a few months back. You're going to need more than the 18-year-olds to vote for you to become president. But people will have to listen to me as a candidate. I know you're not asking for my permission to run. What do you think? I think people have to see a black candidate run for president. It's something they can't imagine on their own. I have to admit, 
Neither did I. The work begins as soon as the last election is over. I'm already two years behind. Yeah. Won't be your first handicap race. No. It won't. Did you like the movie, Angela? Mm-hmm. I didn't watch the movie. You make yourself more obvious by looking down and tugging on your wig like that. Angela, who even likes We have to help her. Get your hands off of me. We can't. I said get your As soon as they see your gap in your teeth... It's going to go down tonight. They know we're here. Keep cool, Angela. Keep cool. That man in the phone booth is staring at us. You want a hot dog? Mm-mm. I don't like the way the vendor is paying more attention to us than his customers. I have a headache. And I need to take this wig off. Let's go back to the hotel room. I'm to have a Johnson Hotel. We just need to get to the elevator, all right? We're gonna be late. I'm in no rush to hear a bunch of naked hippies singing about their hair. See? We made it into the elevator. No one stopped us. It's going to happen tonight. You'll feel better after you eat something and get some rest. I haven't rested since all of this began. I would like to place an order, room 721. I'm not hungry. You need to eat. Two cheeseburgers with fries, two salads, and a vegetable soup. I'm going to go take a shower. I'm FBI Agent Green. Are you Angela Davis? Are you Angela Yvonne Davis? Where are you taking me? Where are you taking me? She's not going to talk, fellas. Get your fat fucking hand off me, pig. She has the gap. A letter. Here is George. My spirit is drowning with the loss... Of our beloved brother. He gave his life to empower the people. Who's George, Miss Davis? I said, who's George? Her jailbird boyfriend. I thought his name was Jonathan. Shit, Owens. Jonathan was his brother. And who is this guy she's with? These kind of broads have a pigeon in every city. <laughs> All right. Fingerprints match. Tougher. <laughs> We are outside of the Howard Johnson Hotel on 8th Avenue and 50th Street, 
Times Square, where earlier this evening, fugitive Angela Davis was arrested. And here we see her exiting from the hotel, escorted by what looks to be at least a, a dozen agents from the FBI and several officers of the New York City Police Department. Episode. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Oh, Martha, look, the new season is coming. Get the snacks ready. Okay, okay. In a dangerous new world. Well, we can see the helicopters coming in. It looks like the teams are arriving for this season of Soul Survivor. Live action role players will fight. I'm Sequoia. Just Carl. I'm Myrna. Grand chicken in. We agreed to just call me Sky. Name's Dale. I'm Cole. Hannah. To Bill. I need the feathers for my arrows. Sequoia, maybe you need to grab some things. To outsmart. (gasps) Oh my God. Wow. Look for us. Not again. To survive. No, don't, no, no. Facing Fate, Black Knight. Available at FacingFate.com and on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts beginning June 14th. I don't know if I want to live anymore. I just want it to end. A Dumb Dragons production.